Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related, and we don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. This is for my day one's gotta be clear. Still moving on, baby, but I wish you was here. Still moving on, baby, but I gotta get there. And before we get started, if you would hit that subscribe button and that bell, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, check out my album, The Rise of Tim Roosevelt, out now. Links in the description below. But let's get into this episode, shall we? And first, story on the docket. Now, there has been a major crackdown over there in Japan very recently regarding knockoffs and people selling fake merchandise now you probably see it all the time online maybe sometimes for some of you unbeknownst to you that people be slinging fake merch you could see it all over your ig your facebook wherever it's at you see oftentimes these really interesting or kind of cool designs you'll see luffy with a spray can and a hoodie and it'd be like wow you know what i mean but those are knockoffs that's not real merchandise those are basically you know they're fake. It's like uh, uh, the Pokemon cards where you could put your finger in the back and see your finger in the back of the Pokemon card to know it was a fake card. Yeah, that the, the, the merch be fake. Not to say, because hey, if you enjoy the merch regardless of its authenticity, who am I to judge? But I just want to throw it out there that there's a lot of fake merch out there. So much so that recently the powers that be that run Shueisha and all of the above uh, recently came down and cracked down on fake merch and they went all out in a major suit and I'll be honest with you it's looking crazy because I've been hearing murmurings for a little bit now that all of the people that even over here in the west were pushing fake merch or they were like you know kind of putting their own spin but still utilizing copyrighted characters like Naruto, Goku and all that jazz they've been coming after people and they took down a big one let's read tv tokyo wins u.s lawsuits against sellers of counterfeit naruto merchandise i mean yeah that's one of the biggest titles in the world of anime and manga naruto if they're going after them yeah this is a big deal the united states Ooh, okay i thought this was in japan let's see hold on united states district court for the northern district of illinois announced this judgment in favor of tv tokyo corporation and its trademark infringement lawsuit on december 18th the company had filed a Schedule A trademark infringement lawsuit against multiple online merchants on September 29th. The alleged trademark infringement is in reference to counterfeit merchandise based on the Naruto franchise. The filing alleged trademark infringement and counterfeiting false designation of origin and violation of Illinois Uniform Deceptive Trade Practices Act. TV Tokyo Corporations had filed the September 29th lawsuit against defendant in the People's Republic of China and other foreign jurisdictions, but the claim stated that the defendants conduct business throughout the United States and that their commercial websites and online marketplaces target the United States. The judgment was announced against 301 listed defendants, and the judgment order stated none of the defendants answered or appeared in any way during the case so <laughs> they pretty much say yo if i don't show up it doesn't exist and it's kind of not how these things work the default judgment order also named the following domain name registries and registers verisign inc new star inc affiliates limited central Inc. nominet the public interest registry GoDaddy operating company llc 
Name.com, PDR, LDT, DBA, PublicDomainRegistration.com, and Namecheap, Inc., asking them to disable defendants' domain names and make them inactive. The judgment order, in addition to ordering the defendants to stop using Naruto trademark and passing off products as genuine, also asked each defendant to pay TV Tokyo $50,000. Additionally, third-party platforms such as Amazon and Walmart must stop using or linking to the accounts being used to sell this counterfeit merchandise. The original filing in September also stated that according to an intellectual property rights seizures statistics report issued by the United States Homeland Security, the value of the goods seized by the U.S. government in 2021 was over $3.3 billion, up $1.3 billion in 2020. According to Hughes Hubert and Reed LLP, a Schedule A filing refers to a plaintiff filing intellectual property claims against a group of online merchants in a single complaint, listing the defendants on a Schedule A. Proceeding in this manner eliminates the need for the plaintiff to bring and pay a filing fee for a separate complaint against each merchant. Hughes Hubert and Reed LLP stated that the Northern District of Illinois is a popular venue for Schedule A filings because its judgments are generally favorable towards plaintiffs. In addition to this case, Anime News Network found that TV Tokyo filed 16 additional cases so far in the Northern District of Illinois between May 2023 and January 3rd of this year, 2024, all for counterfeit Naruto merch. Seven of the cases are ongoing, but in the 10 closed cases, TV Tokyo has won all of them. I'll be honest with you, especially during the height of the pandemic, I've seen a lot of people slinging all sorts of anime and manga merch, them putting their spin on it and selling it. And I used to think, damn, yo, they really getting away with it. Yo, it's crazy out here, bro. They just putting out like a whole Luffy pack, a whole Naruto pack. Like, yo, yeah, y'all bug it out. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm not going to be the one to go and be like, hey, check out what they're doing. But ultimately, it looks like even, you know, as they was doing their thing, um, TV Tokyo and them weren't playing about it, so it seems as though they finally went after them for copyright infringement, and it's crazy that they won all the cases against all of these people that was, you know, uh, selling fake merch, and I hope for some of the, obviously a lot of these are seemingly like global conglomerates that have been doing some wild stuff, you know, like they're based in other places, but they sell and target in the United States. But for the few that let's just say you're aspiring entrepreneurs, maybe you just genuinely love anime manga and you want to sell merch and you was just kind of not really thinking things through or you wasn't going through the proper channels to sell this stuff or maybe you want to sell your own stuff. I'd recommend looking into it, paying attention, and trying your best. And even if you're not a part of this case at all, if you was just maybe thinking about this or you want to sell anime merch and this kind of discourage you, sell your own stuff. Make your own characters, make your own stories, and sell it. And if that, you know, isn't something that you feel like you're capable of or it's a long shot off, you know, if you want to open up an anime store, you got the capital to invest in creating a, a store to sell merch or whatnot, official merch, then do it. But... Doing things like this, eh, anime right now is expanding immensely globally, and they're going to be on top of every single dollar. I reported, I think it was like three or four years ago now, that in Japan, a shopkeeper made a Demon Slayer cake for somebody, for a client, and they got taken by the cops. Like, the cops went after them. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is bananas now because anime is massively popular, and they're not playing. They're not playing about their cheddar. So, yeah, if you want to sell anime merch, again, either sell your own IP or go through the proper channels to sell, like, you know, official licensed anime and manga merch. Because if not, as you can see, especially for Naruto, TV Tokyo has not played an ounce they have been going very heavily and rigorously against everybody that has been trying to pass off selling all this stuff and it's kind of crazy it's definitely spooky times and also at the same time i want to throw a little bit just a smidge of pushback because bottom line you're dead wrong if you're selling you know licensed merch it's just you know you know you're not supposed to be doing that but i will say to a certain degree there would be the argument of people would say yo you know but it's um marketing them and is promoting them but i'm gonna push back to even that claim because that would be a claim that people would say like yo but why are you gonna get mad at them they're marketing and stuff but your marketing ain't doing anything for tv tokyo if the products that you're buying or the if the products that are being bought 
none of the revenue is going to the official company. So even if you sold a thousand of your, you know, quote unquote Naruto hoodies or a thousand of your, you know, bleach hats or whatever the case may be of what you sold, ultimately that money wasn't going to the company. So they gain nothing from your quote unquote marketing when you're selling products directly. You know what I'm saying? That is straight up and down their IP. So there's something to keep in mind, but ultimately, yeah, this was a pretty big takedown and I'd imagine that there's going to be a lot of people maneuvering around moving forward that were kind of, you know, dabbling in on this whole extravaganza because again, I saw people that never in a million years sold anime merch that was all of a sudden putting Goku on a shirt and calling it a day. It was crazy. But yeah, that's all there is on that. If there's any updates, I will keep you guys in the loop and if you made it this far, hit that subscribe button and that bell. Why not? Moving forward, we got a ton of Dragon Ball stuff. Let's just jump straight into it. First story up. Dragon Ball Executive teases the anime's new content strategy. As some of you may know, in case you don't, Dragon Ball has been in a wild, chaotic limbo over the last handful of years ever since the end of the dragon ball super anime nobody's been able to call what the next move would be for this ip like there was you know rumors i think like in maybe summers of 2019 that dragon ball super was returning and you know there was a new anime they were already working on it that got later proven to be false and instead we got that cgi film so there's been a lot of chaos you know at the end of the day in march i think that makes what the anime went off air and yeah, in March, that makes six years since the Dragon Ball Super anime went off air. That's <laughs> kind of crazy to say the least. So it's going to be interesting to see here, reading this article here in a second, on what their actual strategy is. Because honestly, half the time I'd be scratching my head. Like, yo, the Dragon Ball Super anime hasn't come back in six years. Um, you know, the they got a new anime that they announced. The Dragon Ball Dayma anime that, you know, it's nothing to do with Super. And it's like... What about Granola? What about Moro? What's going on here? Them redoing the Dragon Ball superhero manga story for an entire year. Like, ugh, been a lot of, in my opinion, questionable decisions. But it says here, Dragon Ball is gearing up for a massive celebration of his 40th anniversary with all sorts of new projects coming later this year. And one of the producers behind it all is teasing the new content strategy that has been planned for more new anime, movies, and games releasing over the next 10 years. Dragon Ball recently went through some changes behind the scenes as Akio Ioku left Shueisha to help form Capsule Corporation Tokyo for new plans with the Dragon Ball franchise and fans have already started to see the fruits of these new efforts with the likes of the Dragon Ball Dema anime. Akio Ioku, president of Capsule Corporation Tokyo and executive producer of the Dragon Ball franchise, opened up about his want for the franchise's future that includes releasing new works that's not necessarily chasing trends but creating work that has an increased reach worldwide and expands into a new kind of popularity for the franchise as a whole. In a recent interview with Nikkei, Ioku opened up about his path to take the franchise in a whole new direction in the coming years. As the executive producer of a work with unprecedented longevity, my mission is to expand and convey what the original creator, Akira Toriyama, has created. Ioku began in an interview with Nikkei. I will continue to produce works such as anime series, movies, and games over the next 10 years. As for his approach in crafting new projects, Ioku states, adopting what is popular at the moment does not increase the probability of success. I will not be swayed by the current trends, but will create works that I feel will be good enough. But their main goal is overseas expansion. I will say massive, massive props. And if there's anything that you could take from any of this and apply to your life is the whole point of not going after the trends. When he says... Adopting what is popular at the moment does not increase the probability of success. I will not be swayed by the current trends, but will create works that I feel will be good enough. That is something that you should apply to your life. Don't chase trends. Don't chase what's hot right now, what's popular right now. Do what you feel is dope. Make something that you like. Make something that you think is awesome. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to, you know, gravitate towards it. You know, there's only so many enjoyments that you can have in the world. And there's always going to be a market for whatever it may be. Overseas expansion is currently being considered as a necessary means of spreading the word about our work. Ioku continued, if we compare the flow of manga titles selling in book format and then finally becoming anime to a river, the overseas developments were the ones that followed the river, meaning that in the past it was a fan in the sense that the overseas expansion followed later. I am convinced that Dragon Ball has pioneered many things as a Japanese anime. I have a sense of mission that if there is something that no one else has done, I must continue to challenge it. Then he goes on in another article to explain the anime's new global focus. 
There comes a time when we must leave our nests. Time stops for no one, and just as humans must grow in real life, the same goes for our favorite pop culture icons. From Mickey Mouse to Iron Man, most of our faves have spread their wings by now. When it comes to anime, the same truth applies. And now, one Dragon Ball exec says Goku's global reach has only just begun. The whole thing came to light recently in Japan, as Nikkei posted in an interview with Aki Yoku. As one of the anime executive producers, Yoku helped bring about Dragon Ball's resurgence years ago, and their work is not done. Speaking with Nikkei after New Year, it was there Yoku spoke about Dragon Ball's ambitions. As the manga nears his 40th anniversary this fall, Yoku and the Dragon Ball team are eager to raise the story's profile. So to do that, Dragon Ball will make a conscious effort to put global fans first. Unless we leap out of Japan where the market is limited, like the Monkey King, and fight our way across the globe, we will not be able to get the best of the world, the executive shared. The U.S. has recognized the potential of Japanese anime and is spending huge amounts of money to acquire it. Of course, Dragon Ball has not been shy about its global interests as of late. In fact, the entire anime industry is looking beyond its domestic borders for fans. By 2027, reports suggest Japan's domestic audience will command just 2% of the overall anime market in terms of viewership. As technology grows, anime has become easier to stream and has certainly found its foothold stateside. Most of Goku's success in the past decades comes on the heels of international fans. And moving forward, those fans will have more work to do in keeping Goku's reputation afloat. And then another thing was said about Dragon Ball Dema confirmed to feature completely original story. I mean, we kind of could have guessed that based on the timeline and based on it not being really connected to Super per se. But let's see here. Akio Yoku, president of Capsule Corporation Tokyo and Dragon Ball executive producer, recently had an interview with Nikkei and opened up about the plans to expand Dragon Ball even more worldwide. It was here that he mentioned that it was the reason Dragon Ball Dema was announced at New York Comic Con 2023 and noted that the anime is a challenge because of its completely original story. With Dragon Ball Dema, which was be released in fall 2024, we are taking on the challenge of creating an anime series with a completely original story. This means it's confirmed to not adapt any previous material and will be brand new. It is now scheduled for a release later this fall, but has yet to confirm a concrete release date as the time of this writing. Toriyama provided the original main story and character designs with Oshitaka Yashima and Aya Komaki directing the series for Toei Animation, Katsuyoshi Nakasuru adapting Toriyama's designs for animation, and Yuko Kakihara supervising and writing the scripts. Masako Nozawa will of course be returning to the franchise to voice Goku as the first confirmed member of the voice cast. One of the things about Dragon Ball right, is the fact that the old anime Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z they're starting to age like newer fans are already looking at it not even newer fans for a while now Dragon Ball has been old school I hate to break it to you I know I know but Dragon Ball is already considered old school and it's been considered old school for a while super kind of helped to give it a little bit of a, a fresh pep but ultimately the Dragon Ball franchise as a whole is looked at as like yo that was back in the days oh what are you talking about that's old and seeing recently how Toei Animation is working with Wit Studio and allowing Wit Studio to create a new One Piece anime even though the One Piece anime is still going right now with like episode 1000 and something it makes me wonder if at some given point in the future Toei will oblige and allow another studio to take a crack at readapting Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z that is going to be interesting moving forward into the future to see if that is something that would be a possibility like imagine it would have to be obviously a phenomenal studio but imagine a top dollar studio remaking Dragon Ball from the ground up from Dragon Ball all the way to the end of Z maybe they don't even call it Dragon Ball Z maybe they change it all together but it's still you know at the end of the day a, a faithful and gorgeous looking adaptation of Toriyama's original work I think that that's a possibility and I wish that would have been more of a thing like I would have probably taken that more in a way than this Dama situation like I'm in the minority of like I'm actually excited for Dragon Ball Dama even if it's an original story and whatever the case may be I'm kind of somewhat here for Dragon Ball Dama but I probably would have gotten way more of a kick out of like if we had a you know top of the line studio remaking Dragon Ball from the ground up like even if and I know a lot of people are going to give me pushback on this but even if let's just say without changing anything we're leaving it 110% faithful if like Disney took a crack at Dragon Ball or Studio Ghibli better yet let's leave Disney out of this we know how we feel about this
Disney. Let's just say the Japan equivalent to Disney, Studio Ghibli, if they did a Dragon Ball, you know, readaptation or something like that, that would be fire. And I know that's not necessarily part of the news, but I figured I'd interject my opinion right here. I'm just saying, allow me to cook. But yeah, that's what I think. Moving forward, this I found to be very, very, very big on what's going on here in North America with Discotech Media. If you're unfamiliar with Discotech Media, they're a little bit more of a smaller anime licensing company. Obviously, anime has gone so mainstream and Sony pretty much has everything now. They got Funimation under their umbrella with all of their titles. They got Crunchyroll under their umbrella with all of their titles. So there's still smaller studios out there or smaller licensors out there. Again, like Discotech Media. I don't even know if Sentai is still going or not. I know Sentai Filmworks, I believe, was bought out by like AMC or something. So I'm not sure if Sentai is still in the race. Likewise with NIS America, are they still doing anything? I'm not sure, but Discotech is one of the last ones of like those smaller independent licensors that grab anime titles a lot of the times they grab the titles that they were really dope back in the day maybe some people forgot about them and there's a massive nostalgia rush to be had and in general i salute discotech media for you know being one of the last ones holding out despite the fact that anime has gone super uber freaking global and every big title is going to the same couple of companies discotech is still you know riding it out but they announced a bunch of titles and they announced something huge Huge for Katekyo Hit Mary Born that nobody saw coming, including me. I was like, what, what, what? Likewise with Berserk. Likewise with a bunch of other titles. So let's start off here. Disco Tech licenses 1997 Berserk anime, Urusei Yatsura OVAs, Mazen Kaiser, and more. And there's a lot more to this, trust me. But just going down the road a little bit right here. Uh, Disco Tech Media announced again new licenses for the Berserk 97 anime, Urusei Yatsura original video OVA, a bunch of Lupin, a bunch of stuff. And it's like, okay, you know, that's kind of cool. But let's take a little bit more of an inside, closer look on, for example, the Berserk release that they got because remember the old berserk anime it was released on like dvd and it was it on vhs i don't know if it was it was released like it came out in 97 japan i'm not sure when it came stateside or whatnot but it was a little bit older of an anime one of the worries that i had for discotech grabbing this is the fact that discotech in the past with some of their anime what they've done because it's on blu-ray this berserk release that they got which kudos to the blu-ray but in the past discotech media has grabbed anime like i want to say it was like samurai pizza cats and a few other different titles in the past and and they put them on Blu-ray discs, but they're standard definition. So they would just use the extra room from the Blu-ray disc to put all the data on there. But it wouldn't be an upgrade to HD by any means. So when I saw that they had Berserk on Blu-ray, as somebody that's been paying attention to Discotech for quite some time, I was worried. I was like, oh no, are they just you know, kind of playing people, what's going on here, but it seems to not be the case, because they got Berserk, the complete 1997 TV series, a classic among classics, one of the true greats, the story of Guts is finally coming back in print, a gorgeous HD remaster, which is extremely important, with newly polished subs, the classic English dubs, and extras from past releases. It's an actual remaster. They probably licensed the remasters from Japan. Maybe Japan remastered it and Discotech was like, oh, I bet we pay, you know, let's get that. So if you have the old Berserk anime, I mean, if you don't care about quality, then, you know, it is what it is. But if you want a little bit of an upgrade on the best to this date animated version of Berserk, it's crazy because we had like a whole anime in 2016, but y'all know the CGI mess that was the 2016 Berserk anime. This is still the best version of the anime and it looks like Discotech Media is going to be releasing the definitive best version of berserk on you know anime or <laughs> an anime format uh thus far because the original 1997 berserk anime is the closest thing we've got to a decent berserk anime and them doing an hd remaster on these blu-rays this is probably peak Berserk that you're going to get in anime format, so you may want to check it out. And I normally don't cover big releases of Discotech or these other companies, but this one I felt was pretty important. Likewise with the Uruse Yatsura, shout out to that. I've always wanted to get into it because that's from uh, Romiko Takahashi, if I'm not mistaken. One of the biggest things about Discotech Media's announcements of their acquisitions, like I said, they got Berserk, they got some new Uruse Yasuda, they got some new Lupin the Third, Katekyo Hitman Reborn. Now, uh, Discotech a while back, which I never got it, I regret not buying it, I maybe should try if they still have it for sale and go get the original Reborn anime, but a while back they released Katekyo Hitman Reborn in its original format in sub, Japanese sub, all 200 episodes, I think on like two boxes, I want to say, it might have been four, I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure it was like two boxes, they released Hitman Reborn back in the day, but they announced, they started with this post, what's this in English? 
Reborn Special Fan Disc. We'll explain what's going on in a moment. And in that clip, you had an English dub of Reborn and Suna, a scene from Kentucky Hymn Reborn, with English dub behind it. And it's like, what the hell? What's going on here? And then they posted this. Reborn Special Fan Disc. Reborn is too long to dub, but our friends at Coaches Sound are big fans. So they dubbed three fan favorite episodes as a test, which kind of makes me a little bit rocky there of like, Reborn is too long to dub, but they dubbed three episodes as a test. Why not just say, yo, Reborn is a long thing to dub and we're not sure about it. So we're doing this test. That would make me feel a little bit more comfortable with it because essentially it sounds like they're like, let's put out three episodes dubbed and see what happens. They also licensed the Reborn OVA and they dubbed that as well. So essentially this release is four episodes in dub, three of which was already released in a previous Discotech Media Reborn release. Again, they released the whole series and whatnot, but now these are going to be with English dubs that have not been seen anywhere whatnot and the fourth one is the ova that i didn't know let's see yeah it has the the stats right here 203 tv episodes just too many to dub in english but our friends at coach the sound of three fan favorite episodes as a test episodes 1 20 and 77 are included on this blu-ray disc in english there was also a reborn ova that wasn't part of the tv license it was too short to sell on its own but we licensed it and included it on this disc essentially more than likely that's exactly what happened they probably licensed the reborn ova and they didn't know what the hell to do with it and we're like well let's just dub three episodes and put it and package it together with this OVA. Uh, Coach of Sound dubbed it too. A surprising, wonderful four episode Kuro upscaled to 1080p. Okay, so they upscaled it to 1080p. It's not native, you know, remaster. Um, and I say all that to say because I know maybe some people are like, who cares about it? You know, because it's the Reborn Here Comes of Angola Family Style School Trip OVA. That's probably one of those kind of comedic OVAs. I'm not a big, big fan of it. I'm going to guess what's happening here is maybe they know more than we do. Maybe there's a big Katekyo Hitman Reborn revival on the horizon. Uh, you know, they, they've kind of been doing little events here and there in Japan. They announced a committee that they got for it. So they probably know a big Reborn revival is on the way, and they're like, yo, dog, let's do what we can right now because that revival is uh, coming. I'm going to assume that that's the case and what's going on here. Um, and ultimately, yeah, it's still a cool thing. I just wish that, like, yo, and obviously it's not feasible financially, but it would have been cool if the original release had the dub for all the episodes or if they tried to do you know 14 or 25 episode box sets maybe a little bit of a premium price to you know pay for that dub or whatnot it would have been nice to have the whole series it just kind of feels weird like i'm gonna get three dubbed episodes of reborn and a random ova with a dub i don't know but it's still kind of cool that they're testing this out so who knows maybe if this sells like gangbusters they'll grab it all and then eventually they're gonna reborn <laughs> they're gonna reborn they're gonna redo reborn's anime probably anyway in japan and this will probably be outdated, but still, I, I'd say you should support it because you never know what could happen. And also, they grabbed Kanichi, the Mightiest Disciple, The Attack of Darkness. This is an 11-episode OVA series that I did not know about or I completely forgot about because I always knew I got the original anime, the two box sets and whatnot, all the episodes. I didn't know that there was 11 more episodes that were, whatchamacallit, released over there in Japan. Kanichi, the Mightiest Disciple, Attack of Darkness will be the first ever English release for the OVA series. It includes all 11 episodes in Japanese with English subtitles titles as well as a new english dub okay so they actually dubbed this as well from sound cadence featuring most of the original cast from kanichi okay so they got most of the original cast as well and they had a clip for that honestly that's kind of cool again kanichi the mighty disciple another one that's kind of been lost to time but a pretty dope anime nonetheless so salute to them getting all those titles um hopefully we get a big reborn reboot at some given point though that can actually get a full-on english dub because you had three episodes on the disc with a comedy OVA Ooh, I want to support it mm. moving forward hunter hunter fans rejoice uh, to a certain degree because there is a hunter hunter fighting game full-scale fighting game hunter hunter nen x impact has been officially announced with a little teaser trailer and you see in it gone uh, Leorio, uh, what's Netero, Netero, Hisoka, Kurapika, Kirua and it looks like it's some sort of arena fighter and it looks like it might be mobile i'm not really sure it looks like maybe a mobile arena fighter the graphics aren't all that to be honest with you i will say that it feels like anime games in general have kind of been stuck 
at like 2016 or 2015. Like graphically, most of them haven't upgraded. Obviously, there's a select few. Like some of the Dragon Ball games have kind of been getting purtier and shinier or whatnot. But for the most part, I mean, look, we reverted back to Storm with the latest Storm Connections. And that one was, you know, a bust at the end of the day. So it feels like anime games, because of the soaring popularity, they feel like they don't have to do too much. They don't have to be innovative. I miss the old days, man. Like nowadays, everything has to be online multiplayer. I miss the old days of a game that was strictly targeted toward somebody that wanted to play a single player game whether it be a platformer whatever the case may be an rpg all of those i miss those days and i, I wish anime games would get back to being creative I, i'll be honest with you to me it's already a dead trail and and not really something that is too exciting for me to always hear about oh there's another uh arena fighter game or whatnot like dog we just had a it wasn't great but we had jump force we had j stars we had all a pretty much most of these characters in one of those like maybe if the mechanics of this hunter hunter one is better and it's a genuinely good game that'll be cool but it's like yo can we get creative again with games can we get back to like i don't need to play with people online as cool as it may be sometimes there can be some games that are just targeted towards a single player adventure you know what i'm saying what happened to that i missed that it seems like they don't want to take risks on that anymore everything is just about online and mobile games and gotcha games and it's like this game looks like it's going to be some fun, and shout out to Hunter Hunter fans getting something, but it looks like it's just maybe going to be another arena fighter, maybe a three-on-three type of deal. Uh, I'm going to play it no matter what, so I'm talking out my behind, I guess you would say, because I am going to play it, but it is like... We'll see, though. Moving forward. Now, the Chainsaw Man anime definitely was a giant marking of time for Studio Mappa. Studio Mop, I feel like when they started hitting that going overboard with production and really things started coming out about, you know, animators speaking out and all of this jazz, I feel like a lot of it was around the time of the Chainsaw Man acquisition because that was also the point where they were like, oh, we also got Hell's Paradise. We also are doing the second season of Villain Saga. And it just felt like it was an overwhelming force of a lot of things happening at Studio Mappa. But it seems as though one of the directors from Studio Mappa, in particular the Chainsaw Man director, Ryu Nakayama, uh, has broken away from Studio Mappa or is doing this as an extension of Studio Mappa. I'm not quite sure because it says here, Chainsaw Man director Ryu Nakayama establishes anime production unit. Anime director Ryu Nakayama announced on Saturday that he is establishing and draft a new creative unit for animation production. The company is now recruiting in between and key animators, animation directors, technical directors, background artists, art directors, visual development artists, production assistants, and producers. Andraft's website describes its mission. Andraft Inc. is a creative unit founded in 2023 by director, producer, and animator Ryu Nakayama. We want to establish an environment where we can continue to take on various challenges without being bound by existing concepts and maintain that impetus for as long as possible to bring even freer expression to more people in the time to come that we can enjoy together as a place where you can truly face your creativity. <laughs> Just hopefully this is all a bunch of jargon to hide behind we're gonna do a studio mop of them but we don't want to get caught you know what i'm saying in his job recruitment notice andraft says it is seeking contract or outsource workers for a three-month trial period with possible promotion or regular employee status after the salary depends on experience and abilities but andraft offers a sample salary of 350 000 yen about 2400 a month for an experienced worker with up to 20 hours of overtime already factored into that salary amount so they're gonna work you to the bone for 24 400 bucks is what they're telling you. Andraft has an office in Western Tokyo neighborhood of Ogikubo near other anime companies, but remote work is allowed for those who live far from there, which they probably will be hitting people all sorts of places. Motherfuckers in Brazil gonna be working on this. The daily hours are under the flex time schedule, although employees must work during a certain set of core hours. Previous industry experience is not necessary as Andraft says it values those with a passion for creativity. Andraft's first work is a collaboration promotion video between the VSPO esports VTuber agency and Bushy Road's Card Fight Vanguard card game. Nakayama stated that he was the director, storyboarder, and animation producer for the video. Nakayama's work on the 2022 TV anime adaptation of Tatsuki Fujimoto's Chainsaw Man manga was his series directorial debut work. Prior to that, he had worked as key animator and animation director on a number of anime projects, beginning with key animation on Tante Opera Milky Homes in 2010. And yeah, 
Um, this could be a good thing for animators or it could be a bad thing because homie is coming from Studio Mappa. So he could have that whole mindset of, yo, Studio Mappa's doing this so we could do it too over here. You know what I'm saying? Get in your bed now. You got drawing in another few hours. So who knows? But um, yeah, it could be something good. It could be something bad. Only time will tell. If it was a true like straight up and down like going against Studio Mappa, he would have said some shit like, we ain't doing it like Mappa. We doing it. We doing everyone right. Doesn't seem to be the case based off that announcement. Moving forward, Netflix is One Piece. How McKenyu nailed Zoro's live action debut. Y'all already know One Piece is live action Netflix. Success. Everybody loves it. A lot of people are rocking with Zoro. Says here, One Piece had quite the run last year. And now 2024 is gearing up for even more goodies. If you did not know, the hit series hit major milestones with its manga and anime. As the fall came in, One Piece debuted to high praise. And now the live action adaptation is a bona fide hit. The show's cast became quick faves. And now the star behind Roronoa Zoro is opening up about his approach with the role. The information comes straight from McKenyu as the actor did an interview with August. It was there the Japanese star asked about One Piece's impact on his life. As many fans know already, Makenyu has loved One Piece for ages, so his approach with Zoro was rooted in Oda's vision. I'm a huge fan of One Piece. I love the series, and I love Zoro. I did not want to change anything about his character. I wanted to be loyal to how he is like in the manga, but film scripts were different. So what I did was try bringing the manga Zoro to life just in a live-action setting, Makenyu shared. I took the time to process and embody what manga Zoro is like before setting off to do what I do. I did my best to deliver that to the audience, and thankfully they seemed to like him. I had a really good time being Zoro. As you can tell, One Piece means a great deal to Makenyu, or so he says, because at the end of the day, this is the job, dog. If your job is to be Zoro and say you love One Piece, you're going to be Zoro and say you love One Piece. I'm just saying. The actor grew up between Japan and America, but in all that transition was One Piece. You can imagine how much the role of Zoro means to Makenyu, and the actor nailed his take on the character in season one. Now Netflix is One Piece's eye in the future, and his second season will give Makenyu even more time to explore the Straw Hat Pirate. So yeah, just kind of more confirmation that one of the cast members, one of the actors, lead actors of the live-action One Piece really love Zoro. Yeah. Moving forward, I found this to be fascinating. Um, Evangelion, you know, popular cultural, uh, popular, why I said like that? Popular cultural icon, Hideaki Anno recently spoke out and says, he feels sorry for those who won't change their minds after rejecting something when they're young. Now, initially seeing that title, I'm thinking to myself, there's a lot of people that like that down to even with freaking vegetables. People was like, yo, when I was little, I didn't like broccoli, so I'm not going to eat broccoli or carrots or, or peas or whatever you know what i'm saying that's just how some people are but i think that that's a a restrictive mindset i'm gonna be honest with you so just based off the headline and we're gonna read the article in a second but absolutely you shouldn't be stuck to one thing when i was younger there was a lot of foods that i didn't really care for a lot of sauces that i didn't really like that now i rock with and vice versa there's things that i used to like that i don't like there was a period i used to be fascinated by orange juice now i'm like eh, it's all right so yeah don't be restricted by experiences that you had when you was younger director hideaki ano neon genesis evangelion shin godzilla shin common rider shin ultraman attended an ultraman title screening at the subara Film Festival 2023 event last month. Anno selected episodes from the 73 live action series for the screening. Anno stated during the screening that he was a first year junior high school student during the series' original broadcast. However, he was the only one among his peers who watched the show. He felt that those around him did not think Ultraman Ace and Onward were good and that people his age reject all but certain seasons. Anno felt sorry for those who won't change their minds after rejecting something when they were young. Nonetheless, he continues to spread his appreciation of shows like Ultraman Ace, Ultraman Taro, and Ultraman Leo. Ano is one of the seven co-founders of legendary anime studio Gainax. The company was first noted for producing the anime shorts that opened the Daikon 3 and Daikon 4 science fiction conventions in 1981 and 1983. The 1987 film Royal Space Force The Wings of Honomice was the studio's first major anime project and like many of the Gainax founding members, Ano wore many hats in the film's production including animation director, layout designer, production designer and special effects artist Anno would remain a fixture in the animation of the studio's later works Anno was perhaps best known for the studio's seminal Neon Genesis Evangelion TV anime which spawned a massive media franchise with films spin-off manga and novels and many other related works so yeah uh, honestly it's a very basic lesson that a lot of people don't take in again don't be bound by stuff that happened in your childhood period on any fronts you know what I'm saying don't let that 
put you in a cage, so to speak, just because you didn't like, I don't know, water when you was younger. Maybe you was always forced to drink water. And it's like, you know, as a kid, you want, you, you get a taste of soda, you get a taste of juice. Like, oh, I don't want water. Drink that water when you get older. Trust me, it's great for you. You know what I'm saying? So just wanted to cover that because I felt it was an important message nonetheless, despite yeah, getting into like Shin Ultraman and stuff like that. I know most of you aren't really familiar with it, but yeah. Then we have updates finally on the SAG-AFTRA agreements with the voiceover studios on AI voices in video games. Let's dig into this one because this is a very big deal. We just had that whole situation with Naruto Storm Connections and Miley Flanagan and all that stuff about alleged AI usage in the Naruto Storm Connections game by Namco Bandai. Let's see what's going on here. The Screen Actors Guild American Federation of TV and Radio Artists Labor Union announced on Tuesday that it has signed an agreement with Replica Studios, an AI voiceover studio that sets terms for the use of artificial intelligence for voices in video games. The agreement's terms include informed consent for the use of AI to create digital voice replicas, recreation, this is crazy, recreations of the voice of a real performer, living or dead. They also include requirements for the safe storage of digital assets. The union said that the deal will enable replica studios to engage sag after members under a fair ethical agreement to safely create and license a digital replica of their voice. Licensed voices can be used in video game development and other interactive media projects from pre-production to final release, but the agreement also requires that voiceover performers have the opportunity to opt out of its continued use in new works. sag National Executive Director and Chief Negotiator Duncan Crabtree Ireland stated regarding the agreement, Recent developments in AI technology have underscored the importance of protecting the rights of voice talent, particularly as game studios explore more efficient ways to create their games. With this agreement, we have achieved fully informed consent and fair compensation when it comes to the use of our members' voices and performances. We are proud to work with Replica and leading the way to make it easy for these companies to access SAG-AFTRA's world-renowned talent in an ethical manner that ensures consent and fair compensation for their contributions. This agreement also paves the way for other companies to follow their their lead. Meanwhile, several voice actors have expressed their concerns on the agreement and how it was reached. For example, we have here uh, Steve Bloom replying to an article saying about this situation. He said, excuse me? With all due respect, you state in the article, approved by affected members of the union's voiceover performer community. Nobody in our community approved this that I know of. Games are the bulk of my livelihood and have been for years. Who are you referring to? So it seems as though Steve Bloom was seemingly upset. Uh, sag approved by affecting members of the union's voice performer community. Literally every working voice actor. We did not approve this. That is by Yong Yi. Or Yang Yi, Yang Yi, forgive me. Um, so yeah, it seems as though they're saying that it's done. But then we have also Xander Mobus voiceover. Who? Did any of y'all approve this? I didn't get told we were voting on this. SAG leadership, please, I'm begging you. Stop showing your ass and do something to keep us working. You know, your job, you ain't licensors. You are a labor union. The hell are y'all doing? Replica Studios AI perform. I I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to just keep it all the way real. There's a usage and a place for this AI situation. I feel like... And I do think that this deal has already been made. This is my personal, you know, theory or whatnot. I do believe that Masako Nozawa, for example, voice actress of Son Goku, she's in her 80s. You know what I'm saying? Dragon Ball is going to outlive her many, many times over. I do believe that she's probably already made it a, a deal, an agreement, and probably recorded massive amounts of voiceover uh, for AI replication. Because again... If Goku's going to be going on down the road, maybe they don't want to recast because Masako Nozawa has been doing Goku for damn near 40 years. It, it probably will fall apart. Dragon Ball will fall apart without her. Maybe is what they're thinking. So they probably already did AI replicas. And if the person is alive and consents to it and says, okay, let's do it, fair enough. But I do think that it's a massive mistake to especially while you're still an actor, while you're still a voiceover actor, to allow them to take your work and basically they can utilize it as much as they want while you're alive without having to compensate you any extra. Like, obviously, if there's terms to the deal that if they utilize your voice in certain works, they got to pay you the same amount as if you was there or something along the lines of that. Fair enough, but I highly doubt that's the case. And it sounds like the voice actors were bamboozled. It sounds like there was some higher-ups maybe that got the bag and said, yo, we don't care about y'all boats or anything y'all got to say. We going for this. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but this just sounds real messy. And salute to all those voice actors. It sounds like they're getting stiffed 
majorly. Moving forward, solo leveling and blue X's. We got some episode counts. For starters, solo leveling season one episode count has been revealed. Solo leveling is one of the biggest new anime releases of 2024 and is tackling an original webcomic series that's fairly lengthy. It's gotten fans wondering just how long it would last for. And following reports of a potential split core release for the new anime, it's now been revealed that solo leveling's first season will be running for 12 episodes according to its home media release in Japan. Though it has yet to be revealed if there are truly plans in place for a second core of episodes as of the time of this writing. Writing. I'm 99.9% .9 sure it has 12 episodes. I've heard people just non-stop praising episode 1. If it keeps on that trajectory, yeah, you're getting a second season. Not to mention that Soul Leveling is the most popular manga, most popular web to all of that stuff current to date. So yeah. Uh, Blue Exus Season 3 episode count has been revealed as well. Blue Exus Shimani Illuminati Saga adapts volumes 10 through 15 of Kazue Kato's original manga series. And the first episode of the new season has made its premiere this week to help start it all off. With the anime's premiere also comes the confirmation that the third season of the series will be lasting for 12 episodes. According to the anime's home media release plans in Japan, was season 2 a, a shorter season? I remember season 1 being like 24 or 25 episodes with a good chunk of them being like a filler that they had to deus ex machina the hell out of here i'm wondering was season two the same uh says directed by daisuke yoshida for studio voln blexus shimani illuminati saga features a returning voice cast from the previous two seasons of the anime yada 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 uh ren and his friends successfully defeated the impure king after his arrival in kyoto and have returned to their daily lives at true cross academy however the knights of the true cross begin receiving an increasing number of consultations about demons as the waves of strange events begin to spread across the world meanwhile ren and the other x-wires work to solve the mysterious phenomenon plaguing the school but as the True Cross Academy Festival is in full swing, Lucifer, the King of Light and Commander-in-Chief of the Illuminati, suddenly appears. Lucifer declares war on the Knights of the True Cross to resurrect the demon god Satan and rejoin the realm of humans, Asaya and the realm of demons, Gehana, as one. And to do so, he states that Izumo is necessary for a certain plan so there you go episode counts and uh, synopsis for uh, blue exes season three moving forward we got a small update on the yu hawk show live action live action yu hawk show series ranks in top five on netflix's global non-english rankings in its third week netflix is listing the live action series based on yoshihiro tagashi's yu hawk show manga in the top five on netflix's global non-english language ranking for its first three weeks straight and as number one for its first two weeks straight the series had 2.6 million total views with 11 million hours viewed and an average runtime of 4 hours 11 minutes at the end of the period of December 25th through 31st. The show had 6.2 million total views with 26.1 million hours viewed and an average runtime of 4 hours 11 minutes during the period December 18th through the 24th. It ranked number 5 out of all shows globally in the same week. So it's safe to say that it's having some success. Could be a wide variety of things. At the end of the day, it's Yu Yu Hockey Show. A lot of people are going to tune in regardless just to check it out. Um, but I will say again that there's some enjoyment that I got out of it. If you want to check, I did a review of it over on my other channel. Um, but yeah, it wasn't as bad as maybe some people like to portray it. I had a pretty good time with it. And this is coming from somebody that once upon a time called himself for Never World, which for Never came from the end of Yu Yu Hockey Show where the last words you see on the screen is forever for never moving forward in case you don't know mickey mouse has recently went public domain i think that's for the original version of mickey mouse adult swim gets not safe for work with steamboat willie after it entered public domain steamboat willie is mickey mouse's earliest incarnation i uh, recently entered the public domain with the trademark on steamboat willie expiring january 1st this year and adult swim had some not safe for work fun with the famous mascot with a wild new promo shortly after it entered the public domain it's been over 90 years since the release of the earliest takes on mickey and minnie mouse seen in both steamboat willie and playing crazy although later versions of the mascot are still protected under walt disney's copyright the trademark on these early versions has expired with the start of the new year and we've seen wild results as soon as Steamboat Willie entered the public domain, there have been all sorts of new projects announced using this iteration of the famous mascot in many ways. It's been mostly horror films that have shared a bloody take on the mascot itself, but Adult Swim went a completely different direction with a humorous new use of the Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse during a recent bump in between commercials that celebrates it entering the public domain. And it's essentially Mickey Mouse kind of thrusting on the words public domain. Yeah. <laughs> Adult Swim, y'all be doing some wild stuff there, boy. But yeah, there's that. 
Moving forward, Bandai Namco Filmworks to absorb Sunrise Beyond subsidiary in April. The official website of the animation studio Bandai Namco Filmworks and Sunrise Beyond simultaneously announced on Tuesday that Namco Bandai Filmworks will merge with Sunrise Beyond, its wholly owned subsidiary, on April 1st. Sunrise, is this an April Fool's joke? Sunrise Beyond will be dissolved and Namco Bandai Filmworks will take over its subsidiary rights and obligations. Sunrise Beyond was established in 2019 to focus on screen content production, primarily animation, IP production, and utilization, and rights management. In particular, it would take over most of the production operation of IG Port's former anime studio, Zebek. The Game Biz service reported that Sunrise Beyond recorded a final loss of 94 million yen, Jesus, $650,000 for the fiscal year ending in March 2023. It was the subsidiary's second consecutive fiscal year with a final loss. Bandai had a final profit of 5.4 or 5.3 billion yen, about $37 million in the same fiscal year ending in March 2023. Sunrise Beyond and toy hobby company Bandai Spirits produced a, a mime warrior at the borderline. Yeah, what is nobody's gonna know what's a lot of this stuff. Let's see. Sunrise Beyond is also credited for the production of Gundam Build Divers Re-Rise, Gundam Build Divers Re-Rise Season 2, Gundam Build Metaverse, The Faraway Paladin, The Lord of Rust Mountain, King's Raid, Successor of the Will, and the Kido Senshi Gundam Teketsu No Orphans, Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron Blooded Orphans. Okay, Iron Blooded Orphans was oh, it was the mobile app spin-off. That was the anime. Eh not I'm not mad about it per se. I mean, it is what it is. It didn't really, they didn't provide much that I was personally interested. Not to say that I am the end all be all, but yeah. Next up, we have a whole bunch of sales charts for a few different series. So let's take a quick peek at this. For starters, we got Don to Don from volumes one through 12. And taking a look at this graph, you could definitely see it seems as though Don to Don peaked at volume six. So halfway from where we're at right now, it had peaked. Uh, with, let's see, no, actually, I'm lying, volume 5 was where it had peaked at, with, what is that, oh, okay, it had like a million in total sales, but it was doing like 120,000 in 7 days, I think, or whatnot, and you see now it's all the way down to, yeah, it's, it's, it's bad, it's probably like, what, 75, 80,000 or whatnot, in comparison to where it was, definitely see a drop, but I think also a lot of this has been that, um, back in the day, and I say back in the day, but literally like, you know, five, ten years ago, they would try to make an anime come as quick as possible, like, if the series was popping, they would try to rush that out there, that's why we had, you know, bad things like Blue Exorcist Season 1, where they had to go into filler, because they ran out of content, because they adapted it too early, or whatnot, but nowadays, they take a long time. I mean, Don the Don has been popular for a long time, and it has 12 volumes out, and still, the anime has just been announced, and I think we got a trailer, but no anime. Back in the day, six or seven volumes in, let's get that anime going. So, that's probably what's happening there, while we're seeing, like, instead of a, you know, continuing to climb, after a certain point, no anime to reach new audience, it just starts to stagnate and go out. Chapter 1 had 9.2 million views on, I think it's Jump Plus, total views of 390 million, average of 1.7 million readers per chapter in its last 10 chapters, so there's still a lot of people invested, I think the anime is, uh, which will be the case for a good majority of this, they're a big factor in making this thing go. Uh, next up, we got Chainsaw Man, and I'm going to be honest with you, Chainsaw Man has peaked. I don't see Chainsaw Man rebounding. In fact, there's a high probability that Chainsaw Man's run is probably going to end a lot sooner than I expected with Chainsaw Man 2. Because as you can see, Chainsaw Man 110% peaked with Volume 13, which I believe that's either the first or second volume of the time skip, or, well, yeah, time skip and Part 2. Yeah, okay, Volume 12 was the first one, which was a drop. They got Volume 13, and then from there, it's... It's not great. Volume 16 is a little bit above where we were at with Volume 9, but we're seeing a slow decline, and all of that talk of people saying that Chainsaw Man fell off, the manga isn't good no more, it's translating to sales. I mean, people are still reading it. It's an average of 3.5 million readers per chapter in its last 10 chapters, but people aren't that inclined to buy it anymore at all. It's sad, but it is what it is. Uh, then moving forward, another one. Yeah, it's, it's strange. Like, almost every one of these charts, which also, very interesting to note, because Don the Don, which we just reported about, was a Jump Plus series. Chainsaw Man, part one was Shonen Jump, part two is a Jump Plus series. And now the next one, another Jump 
plus series kaiju number eight we have a sales chart and it says it's kind of similar to chainsaw man people keep reading it but are not interested in buying it the upcoming anime could give it a push and revive those numbers a bit but there's not that much confidence because at the end of the day kaiju number eight at its peak was huge like volumes three and four this thing was doing gangbusters and where we're at right now volume 11 sheesh we're headed towards where we were volume one so kaiju number eight might end soon and it's crazy because kaiju number eight Chapter 1 on Jump Plus had 14 million views, total of 520 million views, and it averages 2.6 million. It looks like people are just buying manga less. I think that's another thing. Like, people aren't, especially if a manga goes for a long time, people just be like, all right, I bought some, I, I supported it, I don't got the shelf space. Because, yeah, Kaiju number 8 is another victim also of this Jump Plus thing. Maybe this is a factor of, for the manga sales side of things, and obviously we don't have the digital sales, but... Um, it looks like the Jump Plus experiment, as far as for sales of manga, might have been a bust. It's benefiting, I'm sure, immensely on the anime side of things, although Chainsaw Man did somewhat, quote-unquote, bomb as far as Blu-ray sales go and whatnot. But it looks like maybe the... As awesome as these series are, because all three of these are really, really good manga. I love Don the Don, I love Chainsaw Man, and I love Kaiju number 8. But considering they're, old, they're geared towards older demographics... Maybe the, the Jump Plus uh, experiment is over. Maybe the, it's a failure. Maybe it's just not working anymore. Um, but moving on, you see those were three Jump Plus titles. Now, a Shonen Jump title that still doesn't have an anime and is 13 volumes in, Blue Box has seen its recent peak in volume 13. Now, mind you, the sales aren't as extravagant, but... Impressive and unusual has kept its initial high level all the way till now. Then the anime got announced and caused a little increase. So with the anime, it probably will have even more of a bump. Let's see. Does it say how much it's averaging readership-wise? No, because it's not a Jump Plus title. It's not going to give those stats. But it's insane, and it's showcasing that the reach that Shonen Jump, the magazine itself, the mainstream magazine has, goes a lot further than what jump plus the digital app can do again we've seen kaiju it had a big rocket start wham down chainsaw man you know shonen jump allowed it to build all the way up but we go to shonen jump plus and we're downhill and then don da don it had a nice big run in the beginning and little by little was heading downhill we got akanebanashi another shonen jump title uh similar to blue box akanebanashi maintaining its performance but not as high as blue box um in nine volumes it looks like it peaked at volume 5, but it hasn't dropped that significantly. Like, it definitely its highest was volume 5, but by volume 9, it only has dropped maybe 5, 4, 5k sales. Nothing crazy. So, yeah. Um, I think this is also another story of slow and steady wins the race. You have a massive explosion early on, then it's downhill from there. If you go slow and small in the beginning... You build up to, and you keep on going, and you have a steady flow. So very interesting there. Uh, then we also have Undead on Luck. That despite Undead on Luck kind of dipping, its peak was Volume Five. five volume Five was its peak. It's interesting that it has kind of stayed consistent since like Volume Eleven through Volume Nineteen. And in fact, Volume Nineteen is the most successful volume since Volume Eleven. So the anime did help a bit to at least. Uh, maintain it from dropping any further and increase a bit so the anime actually did help seems it could recover a little thanks to the anime and keep on around that level yeah undead on luck actually is doing pretty pretty well and there you have it folks it looks like shonen jump plus you get a massive rocket start maybe they put massive amounts of promo they make sure you get red but sales wise is not the smartest in comparison to being in the physical distribution of weekly Shonen Jump magazine. Moving forward, we got a couple of updates for Marshall. For starters, we got a sales update for Marshall Magic and Muscles by Hajime Komodo because it has 6 million copies in circulation worldwide. Big number, but in comparison to what I'd imagine they thought it would be, definitely not as big. Um, you know, Marshall started off, and I've said this a million times, but started off very strong. Um, ultimately it got canned or, you know, it ended and 6 million copies is like, it's great. It's more than a lot of its contemporaries, but I'm sure Shonen Jump was hoping for like 30 million, 50 million. So, uh, however, they haven't given up on it because the new season of Martial Magic and Muscles season two has just began. And also Martial Magic and Muscles returns for a sequel one shot. Master Magic and Muscles anime has returned to screens for its highly anticipated second season, and the manga has returned for a new one-shot story set around 
after the original series to help celebrate. Marshall Magic and Muscle's new one-shot sequel story is officially known as Chapter 162.1 and runs for 40 pages. The story focuses on Easton Magic Academy headmaster Wahlberg's grandson who is having trouble learning magic. And before we carry on any further, after I read that headline, I just want to say that there's a massive amount of spoiler. I got spoiled like crazy in this uh, article, so I'm just going to tell you that there's a one-shot that uh, will definitely spoil you on how Marshall ended. So if you have not finished reading the Marshall Magic and Muscles manga, maybe you shouldn't read this one shot because I just got spoiled heavily. It happens. Then we have a bunch of just extra stories I wanted to share with you guys. For starters, Jojo Bizarre Adventure Hirohiko Araki creator will join the mascot selection committee for the Tokyo Bar Association. The Tokyo Bar Association is attempting to enhance public relations and the grand prize is 100000 Yen, so salute to Hirohiko Araki participating and helping out his community. Then we got Spy Family Code White film topping 4.4 billion yen after its third week at number one or third weekend at number one. Spy Family Code White anime film sold 3.29 million tickets for a cumulative total of 4.41 billion yen, about $30.6 million. As of Monday, it's 18th day of screening. The film still holds the number one spot in the Japanese box office in its third week. So in 18 days, the Spy Family movie's done about 30 million. I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised. Maybe marketing just be really, really good, especially as an anime manga fan. But I thought the Spy Family movie was going to do like 100 million, 200 million. I was hyping it up that it's going to compete with uh, Demon Slayer, Mugen Train. Um, but doesn't seem to be the case. It seems it's doing a, it's doing strong numbers. You know, 18 days, 30 million. I'd say it probably can cap off at about. 50 million if they keep on going strong but yeah little little low compared to what i thought but it is what it is it's still a dope um, amount and i'm glad it didn't flop completely uh then we got kingdom season five apparently was delayed premiere's due date was on january 1st but because of the earthquakes they had to uh, push it back the official website for the kingdom uh anime announced on sunday that the first episode of the anime's fifth season was delayed and will air january 13th uh, effectively January 14th at 12.15 a.m. or January 13th at 10.15 a.m. depending on where you're at. Uh, so there's that. I'm not a big fan of the Kingdom anime. Uh, then Doro Head Doro anime has gotten announced to get a sequel as streaming series. The official website for the TV anime of Hayashida's Doro Hidoro manga announced on Tuesday that the anime will have a sequel as a streaming series and revealed a teaser visual with... I don't know, is that like a crocodile or an alligator with a blonde-haired girl? The first anime debut on Netflix in Japan, January 2020, with 12 episodes. Netflix streamed the series outside Japan, May 2020. Uh, so, yeah, if you're a fan of that, salute to you getting more. But let's slow it down a bit with the weekly Shonen Jump author comments. We got those. Let's see. We got One Piece, Eichiro Oda. Happy New Year. My goal for this year is to enjoy lots of barbecue and create lots of good manga. Salute to that. Uh, Hajime Komodo, Martial Magic and Muscles. Yay for the second season of the anime. I'm dying with excitement that Bobo Bo's voice actor is part of the crew. It's crazy that the manga's already over. I'm still processing that. He's only here for the one shot. Mir Roboko, Shuhei Miyazaki. Happy New Year. I don't believe in fortune telling, but it said I would have the absolute worst luck this year. Oh, God. Sakamoto Days, Yuto Suzuki. I was missing Nagumo's neck tattoo at the end of the last chapter. I'll try not to have as many errors this year. Gaga Akutami, Jujutsu Kaisen. Happy New Year. I wish everyone an amazing 2024. Koji Miura, Blue Box. Happy New Year. Look forward to more Blue Blocks in 2024. My Hero Academia, Kohei Horikoshi. Happy New Year. I appreciate your continued support of My Hero. Uh, Taratoshi Fujimaki, Kill, uh, Kill Blue, aka Kurokono Basket. And I mean, he's the author of Kurokono Basket, not that Kill Blue is Kurokono Basket, just to clarify. Happy New Year. I'll do my best once again this year. Thanks for the support. Green, Green, Greens, Kento Terasaka. Happy New Year. I ate a lot of delicious food at the end of the year and gained some weight. Undead Unluck, Yoshifumi Tezuka. Jump Festa was a blast. It makes me so happy to see fans in person. Shadow Eliminators, Kento Amemiya. A kid at a school my friend works at drew me Aoba. And now with my treasure, Happy New Year. Akane Banashi, Yuke, Yuki Suenaga. Whenever I make gyoza, I put too much filling in. This is something I must work on in 2024. Nue's Exorcist, Kota Kawaii. For New Year's, I'd like to buy some 
good broth at a supermarket and make their traditional ozoni foods. Witch Watch, Kenta Shinohara. Thank you for giving me permission, Aladdin X. We play it on a projector at our house. The Elusive Samurai, Yusei Matsui. Happy New Year. I'll work my very hardest this year and would appreciate your continued support. Kagurabachi, Takeru Hokazono. I like to think up my storyboards while I take a walk, but it's now so cold that I can't leave the house. What am I supposed to do? Kagurabachi it? <laughs> Mission Yozakura family, Hisuji Gandaira. I should have done this before, but I entered the Yozakura character names into my computer dictionary. It makes things so much easier, obviously. Martial Master Asumi Kawada, Happy New Year. Volume 2 is on sale in Japan. Please check it out. Uh, Cypher Academy, Yuji Iwasaki. Happy New Year. We're going all out to start the year off. Thanks for the support. Mama Yuyu, Yoshihiko Hayashi, Corleo's hair and Elijah's chest and Minerva's height are not consistent at all. Oops. And Tua Nice, Elk Itsumo, Happy New Year. My resolution hasn't changed in 20 years. Go to bed early and wake up early. And there you have it, folks. That's the weekly Shonen Jump author comments. Now let's finish this off with the top 50 best-selling manga of the week, courtesy of Joe's underscore Ke. 50 through 41. We got at 48, Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 23. With almost 15,000 sales, bringing his total to 1.5 million. Volume 4, The Summer Hikaru Died. Volume 4, 28 days, 122K. Uh, a, a crap ton of between Sosa No Freiren and I know that Hitori Goto is going to be on there. But Sosa No Freiren, Volume 9, 4, 3, 7, 8. All doing roughly 15.7 to 16K a piece this week. Uh, Hitori Goto, again, I know there's going to be a bunch of that on the charts Uh uh, with volume 11 doing 15k this week then we got places 40 through 31 god damn minus one volume everything is Sosa no Freiren or Hitori Goto on this chart as you can see on your screen right now uh, Sosa no Freiren volume 6 10 5 2 1 uh, and then Hitori Goto volume let's see here 9 10 12 8 all of them doing about 17 16 to 17k a piece then we got spy family volume 12 and it's 89 day run 1.13 million copies sold let's go uh then we got places 30 through 21 more so so <laughs> you're making it not that fun lad because it's just so so no fairin and hitori goto all around 17k 18k Jeez, louise hitori goto's doing numbers fam uh, okay Something different. Zatch Bell at 21. Zatch Bell 2, Volume 3. In 17 days, 150K with 20.5 this week. Salute to Zatch Bell. Salute, salute, salute. Then we got places 20 through 11. One Piece, Volume 107. In 60 days, 1.48. Salute to One Piece. Kaiju number 8, Volume 11. In 28 days, 295K. Jujutsu Kaisen, Volume 24. In 89 days, 1.3 mil. Chainsaw Man in 28 days, 293k. Yeah, Chainsaw Man is definitely uh, going downhill sales wise. Like it's crazy. Um, Overlord Volume 19 in six days, 29.3. That's a little low for Overlord in my opinion. Maybe I'm off. Black Lagoon Volume 13 in 13 days, 127k. Let's go, let's go. We got top 10, top 10, top 10, top 10. And number five, JoJo Lands JoJo Part Nine Volume Two in 13 days, 175k. Blue Lock Volume 27. At number four, with 17 day total of 248k, let's go to Family Restaurant Volume One. What the hell is that? In four days, 64k. Okay, all right. I've never heard of it. So, so no fair in Volume Twelve in 14 days, 369, and coming in at number one, Al Ashi Volume 34 in five days, 89.6. That's crazy. Not even 100k, uh, and making it first place. But it is what it is. And that's all the stories we have for today's episode. I'm Tim. And as always, people, have an awesome day. And remember the golden rule. Anime and manga for life, boy. Have an awesome day. Peace. And you guys just watched another episode of Whatever News. Subscribe and hit that bell to get more. And check out my album, The Rise of Tim Roosevelt, out now. Let's go. Seriously, I hope you have an awesome day. Action. Maybe you can see when I'm moving. Never can I lie to the beauty. Never can I have what I'm doing Maybe our love is a movie Maybe our love is a movie Maybe our love is a movie Never can I have what I'm doing Maybe our love is a movie